You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I write about the Chicago Bears for NBC Sports Chicago and Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget we have Locked On Bulls bringing you all the latest from NBA free agency and Locked On Cubs taking you through the heart of the baseball season. But today on Locked On Bears, we're going to be talking all things Akeem Hicks. He was a guest on the NFL Game Pass show with Brian Baldinger and Ron Jaworski. And it was a half-hour treasure trove of nuggets, entertainment, analysis, really letting Akeem Hicks' personality shine and also his football intelligence really coming through strong. So we're going to play some clips from that and, and take in everything we were able to learn from that production. The Game Pass show really is a phenomenal production, for lack of a better word. I mean, the the video quality is is top-notch. The analysis is top-notch. They they really connect well with the players, and Akeem Hicks really shines in front of the camera. I said on Twitter last week that, you know, if if he goes into coaching or broadcasting, whatever he wants to go into, after his playing career, Akeem Hicks is going to be a star. I mean, he is—he's got a great personality. He's a natural in front of the camera, and he's just—he's—he's he's made for the spotlight in that regard. And he really opened up and and revealed some in-depth football things, some a couple of personal things, and some stuff about Vic Fangio and the Bears defense throughout the show. And I would highly recommend you go and subscribe to NFL Game Pass if you're not already and, and watch. It's a, it's like a 32-minute video. But I just wanted to play a couple select clips for you on the podcast today because I really think there's a lot of things we can take away from it, and it's pretty entertaining in and of itself. Let's start with the freezer left play that Matt Nagy drew up for Akeem Hicks. He took the handoff on fourth and one at the goal line towards the end of the second quarter of that week 13 game against the New York Giants. It was a a Chase Daniel-led offense that they had the Giants tied there in the first half when when they ultimately got to this point. And uh, Akeem Hicks lined up at that fullback position, much like the refrigerator himself gets the handoff, goes kind of over the top of the left guard and the left tackle for the touchdown. Hicks was talking about it with Brian Baldinger and, and Ron Jaworski, kind of what led up to that moment, what was going through his head, and what his future might be on the offensive side of the ball. Are you nervous right here? Or are you excited right here? When the play's starting, when the play's getting ready to start, you got to lose all that nervous all that, and those right. butterflies and all that. You just got to go for it. Uh, Chase Daniels, quarterback right here. He's going to put the ball in your midsection. Yeah. Hey, hey, you almost fumbled this one, by the way. This wasn't exactly uh, clean. It wasn't added. the best. It wasn't the best. But what I wasn't going to do is get stopped on the goal right. line. Hey. Fourth and one. Yeah. I see lift. Lift. Get out, bro. Hey, we got okay. it. We're an analyst here. So I see lift, bro. Back the tape up for okay. me really quick. James Daniels, the yeah. left guard. Rookie left I've guard. been telling him for two weeks, he has a big, well, this is one of the reasons why he was drafted, because he has a big round butt, yeah. right? And the coaches love that because they say, oh, there's got to be a lot of power in there, right? And so I tell him all week, you better toot that thing up so I can get in the end zone. Yeah. And so I get there, and I see both him and Leno on the ground. But you you got to go over. I got to go over, man. You know, 
I've been around the NFL since 1973 as a player and analyst. And we call this a heavy formation. Yeah. This may be the heaviest formation <laughs> in the history of the National Football League. Look at the size of that heavy formation. That, how long was this played before they actually ran? At least six to eight weeks, somewhere so, in there. Okay, so they, he comes to you and he goes, I got to play for you. Right. And yeah. what are you saying? I'm saying, shoot. I I'm, I'm kind of, I stand back a little bit because I'm not sure, I've never held the ball. I've never played an offensive snap in my life. I've been a career defensive lineman. So, you know, to put the, hand, the ball in my hands mid-game, I was not, I was confident, but shaky. not sure. One of the greatest bears of all time mm -hmm. is Walter Payton. Mm -hmm. And Walter Payton, all sweetness himself, he scored most of his touchdowns from one yard line going over the top. He'd tuck that ball in, he'd go over the top. And I'm always thinking like, that's, that's like sweetness right there. Hey, hey, athlete. Thank you, Akeem Hicks, and the creative play calling of Matt Nagy. Was there a dance running after this? There or? was no dance, oh, man. I got to tell you, I didn't have a celebration ready. I also didn't think the play was going to be called on fourth and yeah. one. <laughs> fourth and one on the one-yard yeah. line? Yeah. Oh, goodness. So, uh, did you have the ball? Did you? Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah, I got to get that thing in a case yeah, because I don't see myself cool. playing too many offensive groups. Cool. All right. Well, you're one for one. You're one for one. one, for one. That's Retire. Good Retire. So that play ended up giving the Bears what was their only lead of that game. It ended up going into overtime. You may remember the Giants hit a field goal in overtime. The Bears had a chance to drive down and ultimately Chase Daniel couldn't really put the team over the top. And that was a game where <laughs> Chase Daniel didn't really execute the way the Bears needed to. You saw Matt Nagy go to the trick play at fourth and one at the goal line. And then at the end of the game, they also had a, a one-yard passing touchdown. Terry Cohen throwing it to Anthony Miller, a little bit of a a Philly special type play on the final play of the game down seven to really tie it up. And that was after uh, Cody Parkey hit an onside kick that the Bears were able to recover. So, you know, shout, shout out to Cody Parkey there, I guess. But it was a, a disappointing end, but a fun couple of trick plays in there for the Bears offense. The one that, you know, ended what was a five-game winning streak and it was their only loss in the second half of the season was that overtime game against the New York Giants. So, you know, Akeem Hicks obviously had some fun with it. He uh, almost fumbled it like they talked about there, but he went over the top. So a nice little nugget about James Daniels, too, and, and how long that play had been in the playbook. It goes to show, you know, Matt Nagy has these ideas in his head. He keeps them in his pocket and holds on to them for most of the season and only pulls them out when he feels like the moment's right, the opportunity's right, the defense is right, the game situation, etc. I guess fourth and one in the second quarter of a tie game. You know, you're, there's some trust in your defense there that if this doesn't work, the other team's getting it at the one-yard line and your defense can, can hold up all right. But, you know, also lower stakes that it's not necessarily the last play of the game when he did Tariqo and Anthony Millard, which really took some guts. But you could kind of see the team was feeling it, the defensive guys were feeling it, and Matt Nagy felt like he had to pull something out to make a play and put his team in position to win. They just ultimately, after all that, ended up falling a little short. And I know nobody wants to fall short when it comes to the bedroom. That's where our friends at BlueChew.com can save the day. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, it's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy that wants extra function to enhance their performance. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit. There's no waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we have a special deal for Locked On Bears listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You just pay a little bit of shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. I think what was most cool to me about this NFL Game Pass session with Akeem Hicks, with Brian Baldinger, and Ron Jaworski was just sort of the the in-depth football knowledge and sort of geeking out a little bit over defensive line play and, and sort of some of the stuff behind the scenes and in terms of preparation that we just don't ever really get to hear a lot about on the outside here. I mean, later on in the in the show, which I don't think I include in the sound clip here, Hicks talks about how Vic Fangio would have every defensive lineman basically scout one individual opposing offensive lineman each week. So they would each come to their defensive line meetings with sort of their scouting report on the one offensive lineman they were assigned to. And then they would all kind of share notes so that every defensive lineman knew what every in and out of the offensive linemen that they were preparing for. And then the coaching staff added their notes and their, their pro scouts and, you know, their, their analytics and all that kind of combined into this defensive game plan for the defensive line. But Hicks kind of talked about going a little bit above and beyond in that regard and just the way it was able to be the catalyst for so much of his success this season. I call you an escape artist. Okay. This is an example here, Green Bay right now. Like that. Mm. That is an escape move. Mm. How quick do you read this? I read it before the snap happens. Um, no. I know that uh, McCray is going to pull just based on the stance. You know you watch a guy all week, right? So you watch the tape with Vic, and then you go home and you watch your tape by yourself. I know his stance for every play that he's going to do. I'm going to be at least 75% right. So that's the right guard, McCray yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. You're reading the stance, you know he's pulling. I know he's pulling right so now. So you already in your mind thinking, all right, center's got to come back. He's coming back. There's only one play you can run. Well, one set. <laughs> so that gives you that right there. Mm-hmm. Man. That time Hicks beat Corey Lindsley's block back, just beat him upfield with quickness. Go, go back to your indicator. What was your read right now? How light his hands are, how high his butt is. Mm. I mean, you can read the weight on his hand. If you see it enough, you, yeah. it just comes yeah. to you. And this yeah. is no. my finished my seventh year. I've seen everything so many yeah. times. It's, uh, mm. it's a little bit faster. That's spectacular. So that really helps you. Like, just beat the, the center doesn't have a chance. No. And the back doesn't either. He definitely doesn't have a no, chance. No, he had no chance. When we have a pulling guard, right, and you being able to take advantage of that center when he tries to come back and get mm. you. So if you can get a little bit closer, Baldy, mm-hmm. right, yep. get a little okay. bit closer. Not that close, a little bit wider, right there, right? right. And so he's going to have his Snap. feet kind of balanced. I'm coming. Yep. Now, he's Baldy's pulling. Right. I know it's coming, so I can let him go punch air somewhere else, yeah. and I'll go tackle the running back. But it's so true because let's just say we're down in the goal line here, Akeem. You're the center here, Jaws. And I'm the right guard, and I got to pull in a power. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do is get caught up here. Right. right. You know, yeah. Because if I don't, oh, yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm selling run, but I know I still got a drop step. Right. And so I might get back just six inches mm-hmm. just to get myself enough to clear. Last thing I want to do is trip. And just a little bit. Yeah. So, so you're going to read that. Right. And I'm, gonna, I'm trying to not give it away, mm-hmm. but I don't want to screw up my job exactly. on that assignment 
just so that you don't uh, so it messes you up. Exactly. And yeah. if you do your due diligence as a defensive lineman yeah, and prepare like a professional during the week, you're going to know any deviation of what his norm is. Yeah. But you can see the pressure on the fingertips. You can see the yeah. pressure on the fingertips. You can see the bend in the hips. Yeah. You can see his head, whether his head is down, whether he's looking in, out. Yeah. You have to put these in your little Rolodex and make sure you bring yeah. them out at the right time. Wilson out of the gun, sticks it in the belly of the back and hits. Eats him up and down he goes. This is even worse. It's, I know it now. That move is coming out. The right guard here, he's giving it away. How tight he is. Yeah. He's back. Sometimes they'll give it with their eyes. You almost beat the hand off here. <laughs> I get excited when I watch football. Yeah, no, 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 you, hey, you should be. But, the, but those plays, like anytime you get those negative plays, they could be a sack, tackle for loss. Like those things are just fun. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Look at the swim move. The center had no chance. That's the quickness of a big man for you. I think that's been one of the biggest things about, you know, our culture change in Chicago yeah. is that guys love to celebrate other success. Yeah. yeah. We, look how excited he is. Before I get up to celebrate, <laughs> let's go, brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. A, it's special, man. So there was a lot in there, but man, I just think that's so cool hearing some of that stuff about understanding what the guard in front of you is going to do just based off of his stance. And that's a very legitimate, real thing that you know a lot of offensive line coaches really try and hammer down, You know, making sure that every time you line up, you look exactly the same so you're not tipping off the defense. And it does go both ways, that sometimes defensive linemen, based on how they're standing, you know, what their stance is, will tell you if they're going to stunt or you know, a linebacker, a defensive back's stance will tell you when he's going to blitz. And so it does... It can it can go both ways, and every player kind of has to be careful with how exactly they line up and making sure that they don't give away their intentions. But really cool how Akeem Hicks has mastered it up to this point in his career. He also talked at the end there about sort of the change in the team's culture and how everybody is uh, celebrating with each other and having a lot of fun with it. I think that is super cool as well, and a little bit of something that maybe you, you noticed it this year, but you didn't realize that that was different than it was in previous seasons, just how much guys celebrate each other's success rather than just celebrating their own and, you know, sometimes tearing their ACL while doing it like Lamar Houston. And it's sort of that team atmosphere of, of helping each other in that culture that and I, I think that a lot of that is what helped Bilal Nichols be so effective in his rookie season. You know, Akeem Hicks referred to Nichols as my rookie, you know, really taking him under his wing and showing him those types of, you know, not only how to prep, how to prepare, you know, like Hicks said, if you prepare like a professional, you see all this stuff. Obviously, Hicks is going to be helping Bilal Nichols make sure he's doing that each and every day and, and lifting every every day and, and getting as strong and as big as possible and all those good things. But also when he picks up on the little scouting report nuggets on Justin McRae's hip bend or how much weight he's putting on his fingers. I mean, those are the types of things he can point out to Bilal Nichols. And Roy Robertson, Harrison, Jonathan Bullard, and Eddie Goldman, etc. But especially, you know, the fifth-round rookie out of Delaware. I, I don't think you can overstate how much of an impact a veteran like Akeem Hicks had on the quick development of Nichols and also, I think, the continued development of Bilal Nichols. I think you're only going to continue to see him go up and elevate and, and develop positively over the next couple of years, the more time he gets to spend next to a guy like Hicks. Up next, 
A little more from Hicks, Baldinger, and Jaworski on NFL Game Pass, talking about one of Hicks's go-to moves and sort of the weakness that comes with it. Keep it locked, right here on Locked On Bears. So we've seen pretty regularly how Akeem Hicks is able to use that pre-snap knowledge of player stances and you know what kind of plays based on alignments and all that sort of thing to be one step ahead or at least at the same step of the offensive lineman and, and not having to guess what the offense is going to do. And I think his favorite way to use that knowledge is when you see in the running game a lineman coming up at him and he'll just step aside, push him forward and put that swim move, that arm over the top and push him back and then all of a sudden Hicks is basically standing there in the hole waiting for the ball carrier to run into his arms and and make that tackle for a loss. But Hicks kind of talked about how he's able to set that up and why he's only able to set that up in one direction. It's so important to get a good, like, idea of what a guy is good at, what his strengths are, and what his weaknesses are. So I know that I outmatch most offensive linemen, especially in the interior, with size and strength. So I know they have to get twice as low if they want to move me off the ball and get a little traction so they're running back and get a go at it. So I use that to my advantage. If I know a guy has to come off nice and low, like we were talking about earlier with a guy that's like 6 feet, 5'11", like Shaq Mason, Mm -hmm. I know that he's going to come off, have to come off the ball super low to get a little bit lower for me. So if I'm I'm Shaq here, I'm saying... Oh, he wants to take me off the ball. He well, wants it. Oh, come on then. So just, don't get me excited. <laughs> and we're going to work through there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, I'm, I'm actually playing small yeah. because I, I'm 6'1". Yeah. And you're playing big. We're counteracting, counteracting each other. Yeah. So each now other, right? I'm going over the top of you and you're punching air. Now, what gives you confidence that you can swim outside and get there? Sans keys again. Okay. And then I know that I don't have any responsibility in that A-gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I got all B gaps, so I can be a little bit more freer with how I maneuver. The key, like, that's a Pro Bowl right guard, Jack mm-hmm. Mason. Mm-hmm. I mean, he plays low. Mm-hmm. I know that he has to come off low in order to drive me off the ball because right. of my size. Mm-hmm. And so I know he's going to come down and try to dig and drive. If you're going to be that low, I can step over you because mm-hmm. I'm 6'5". If you swim outside like this, do you have to go make the play? You have to. Boy, you, sound like, you sound like Vic right now. Thank you. Thank you. you better make the play. Vic has always been okay with you um, feeling it and, and reading an offense and taking your chances. Yeah. But you better make that dang play. Yeah. You better get down. The same thing here, man. Oh. You just see it. Oh. And he's leaning so hard. In the initial stance. Yeah. I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm about to give you this work. But if you can win fast, you win fast, right? Oh, for sure. So can you make that move either way, right or left? Like, are you equal? I don't want to tell people that I'm not, but I'm not. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely can't. No. Usually uh, you're dominant one step, one way or the other. Yeah. And I spend the majority of my time on that side of the ball, so yeah. your body just starts to build muscle in certain ways, yeah. and so it feels great on that side. Yeah. You go on to the other side, it's going to take some time to get it, it back. It looks so yeah. natural, man. Akeem Hicks has the great ability to make an offensive lineman miss. With just a couple subtle moves, they think they're going to go at him. He might not be there. We're, we're in the run game here. We're going to get to your, the pass game here. We're not going to leave that alone. I'm with you. The run yeah. game is more fun. Yeah, well, we've we got to get, oh, come on. You had seven and a half sacks. That, no, you Man. see, rushing the passer, that's what people like to see. But when you're talking about just banging and hitting people, yeah. the run game gets me going. Akeem Hicks is a mauler, man. It's just, it's fun to hear him talk about it. You can hear the energy in his voice. And if you watch the actual 
NFL Game Pass show episode on NFL Game Pass. You can see it. You know, he he's he's just visibly gives off that energy. It's in how he talks, how he moves around. When they stand up and do those demonstrations and when they're watching through the tape and stuff, you can really tell he's juiced, he's into it, and he's excited to talk defensive line and football, and especially in that running game. But a couple of little interesting things from there. One about only being able to sort of go left with that swim move. And, and the way that would work is you know to the, the outside of the, the right guard, and his left arm sort of comes to the side of the the offensive lineman, and then his right arm is what swims over the top. And so that's why it's more of a, a right-handed move in that sense because that right arm is what goes over and ultimately pins the offensive lineman back behind him, whereas trying to go left with it, you can see where as a left, you know, if you were right-handed, trying to go left with it is just not as natural. And so that is partially why Akeem Hicks does line up the majority of the time on what would be the left side of the defensive line and the right side of the offensive line because he's more comfortable working from that direction. And they still move him around at times, and you know sometimes you're pass rushing, slanting more towards the inside, or he's on a stunt loop in the other side. So he has to rush in different ways. He can't always go right, and he certainly goes left with some of his other moves as well. But you know, just an interesting note there as to why he keeps going in the direction that he was going. And, and a cool philosophy thing about Vic Fangio there. But how Vic says, you know, you can you can go and do a little bit more and maybe get yourself out of your current position. But if you go and make the play, that's okay. You know, if you swim move the guy and then chase after the running back, it's okay as long as you actually get the running back. But if you if you leave your position to go after the ball carrier and you miss the tackle, well, then your position is then vacated and there's a potential spot there for the running back to go and make a big play. And all of a sudden. Even though you were trying to go above and beyond, you missed, so you ended up allowing something much, much worse. So it's a philosophical choice by Vic Fangio because some coaches will say, no, you do your job, you fill that gap, and if everyone just does their job, then there will be a player there to make the play because every job will fill every gap, and then wherever the running back goes, someone will be there to get it. So don't go out of your lane, just do what you're supposed to, and the team defense will make the play. Whereas Vic Fangio says, you know, everyone do their job, but if, you know, probably more so for the veterans and the rookies, if you're seeing an opportunity to go make that big play, you can do it. You could go make that play, but you better make sure you're right. Because if you're wrong, it's going to be a big blow up. And that, that comes from trust in your players. I would bet they had less flexibility to do that in the first couple years working with Vic Fangio, but as he gets to know what Akeem Hicks is capable of, what Khalil Mack is capable of, and I think it applies to the defensive backs too. And if you're going to go up and try and make a big interception, you better touch that ball. You don't have to catch it, but you better make sure that pass is incomplete because if you go for that interception, you miss and the receiver catches it, that's a big play. That's maybe a touchdown and and the defense is burned. So it really does kind of go both ways. And, and maybe this is a, another indication of this idea of Vic Fangio not so conservative as a defensive coordinator. A conservative defensive coordinator would not let guys freelance a little bit like that. But Fangio trusting his players, letting his guys go and play hard and get after it and just kind of feel out the play. It's not that every player on every play is trying to go above and beyond and make that play. But if that player is in that position, he feels like he's got a good shot at it, then he'll go. But if, you know, Hicks isn't doing that on every play. 
You know, if he if he knows he's not going to be able to go and, and get that ball carry and make that tackle for loss, then he's just going to stay in his gap and trust that the team defense will fill every hole and make the play. So that's sort of the, the, the fine line and the balance that this defense has kind of had to work with over the years and, and where Chuck Pagano has to plug in here and figure out how much freedom and flexibility he can give his players. Some of that I do, I do think comes with time and familiarity, so maybe there won't be as much of that early on, or maybe Chuck Pagano will come in, feel the room, kind of see how the guys have gotten comfortable with that and can be trusted with that, and just kind of let him roam free and, and try and pick up as much of where Vic Fangio left off. It's something we're going to have to try and keep an eye on this season, but it is hard to, you know, from the outside, just watching the game tape to see to see that and, and to know that because those are the discussions that they're having in the defensive line room during the weekend and at team meetings, which, of course, we, we never get to be a part of. But that's what I think the real value of this NFL Game Pass show is to really peel back that curtain a little bit, not only getting to see some of Akeem Hicks' personality, which I think we already kind of knew uh, a decent amount about, but seeing his football IQ, which is clearly off the charts. And I think now you can kind of see what I mean when he's going to be an excellent coach or broadcaster or whatever he wants to do after his playing career. I highly recommend going, getting NFL Game Pass if you don't have it already and sitting and watching the full 32-minute NFL Game Pass show because they really go over a lot. They talk about pass rushing quite a bit, which we didn't include at all in this podcast sampling, but I didn't want to just play the full 32-minute clip for you and call it a show. I wanted to you know, pull out a couple of specific highlights that had some good talking points, and I hope you learned something on Locked On Bears. That's what we try and shoot for with every podcast of Bears news and analysis. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it if you leave a review and a rating as well. But the best thing you can do to help Locked On Bears is to just tell one friend. You know, you got a fellow Bears fan. Hey, do you listen to any Bears podcast? You should check out Locked On Bears. That guy, Lauren Cox, very handsome, very intelligent, never makes a mistake in his life. The best podcast ever made in the world. And, you know, it's a simple, you know, understated endorsement that can really go a long way. That word of mouth is excellent for uh, reaching more Bears fans and helping everybody get through what can be a difficult and long off season. Because if you and your friends have locked on Bears to connect on and, and talk about, that's just one more way you can bear down. Bear down.